Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard exclusively here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning from 7 38 we thank you to our loyal listeners for getting up grabbing that cup of coffee and listening to wonderful stories of entrepreneurship that's going on here in the Low Country. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, once again here on a Saturday morning without my co-host, Leslie Haywood. And you have to give her a hard time when she gets back. Been on vacation, skiing somewhere out west, leaving me here to do all the hard stuff. So, uh, Leslie, we miss you and we look forward to having you back next Saturday morning. Um, but again, uh, great uh, first half of show last week with Mr. Brent Case, who is the president of Caldwell Banker Commercial Atlantic. And uh, thank goodness... Brent, um, I didn't mess up so bad that you decided not to come back. So we appreciate you coming back for another round today. Sure. Glad to have you in this morning. Look forward to diving in. And in case you missed uh, the first half of uh, Brent's show last week or any of our other shows that have been on uh, this wonderful program, just go to our website at CoastalWM.com. Click on the radio podcast uh, icon, and you'll be able to hear the last four years of wonderful uh, stories about entrepreneurship. So if you have nothing better to do on this Saturday and you want to binge listen to entrepreneurship, go click on it and have at it. However, my guess is people are really probably not going to do that today, Brent, because this is the uh, crazy weekend of uh, basketball that's going on. And so uh, I would assume, uh, and Leslie usually gives me a hard time, but my favorite time of the year, it's March Madness. Yeah, me too. So it's exciting. A lot of good going on. And... Um, we're looking forward to uh, uh, the, the weekend ending and find out next week where all these teams land and watch the fun unfold. Are you one bracket guy or multiple bracket guy? You, you know, I actually just quit doing brackets. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it works for me. So uh, all I can tell you is I, I have one team that we cheer and root for, and let's hope they do well. And we know these two teams because you're a Xavier guy, right? And I grew that's up in right. Kentucky, yeah. so we got a little thing here. Uh, but congratulations on a good season. Thank you. And it uh, looks like you guys will be rolling in as a number one seed uh, coming up this week. So I know you're excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, you can't um, stop smiling. I appreciate yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, look, we uh, are looking forward to diving in. We left off last week uh, really at a pivotal moment. It was a, I hated to end the show, but we ran out of time. Um, where you know 2007 had rolled along, and unfortunately your father had passed away. And you were kind of thrust into the realm of kind of taking the the head there at Caldwell Banker. Um, And obviously, 2008 came along right after that. And so a lot was going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before we do that, I'm going to back up just a minute because I think we missed some important points along the way. Um, As you came into the family business, uh, you all were an independent um, commercial uh, real estate firm. Uh, Atlantic was the name. Atlantic International. Atlantic International. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I think it was somewhere around 2003, you all decided – to um, jump into the waters of um, a, a franchise opportunity with, with Caldwell Banker. That's correct. That's something we love to talk a lot about on this show because we have a lot of entrepreneurs that you know are franchise owners and the decision to and not to. And so obviously you all made a conscious decision to go from purely independent into that. 
channel. Uh, talk about why, why that was a the right path for you? Well, you know, we noticed some changes in the industry as a whole that um, as technology got better, um, we saw that there was more cooperation with um, networks and being part of a national brand and a national network. And there was business that was flowing in and out of different companies um, in different cities and different states. So there's a lot of cross-referring business to go in. And if you were in some form of, of network um, have that ability to do that, you were going to win more business. It was an easier sell to say, you know, hey, Mr. Corporate, you know, I'm I'm part of a bigger group. And so it would seem to be an industry trend at the time. Um, and I didn't like our name. You know, uh, you know, my father picked that name Atlantic International. And I felt like when I was calling on people that they didn't know what I did. And I felt that was important having the background from these big brands, you know, I thought it was important that when I walked into somebody and handed them my car, they knew what I did. And um, so we looked at, at some uh, the, the different national groups. And now you see them everywhere. Um, you know, most all the commercial real estate companies are part of a national affiliation yeah. of some sort. Um, well, you mentioned and sorry, to interrupt, but I was just thinking you mentioned last week in the show in case uh, somebody out here happened to miss that show. Shame on them, first of all. But if you you mentioned in that show. Uh, you know, the fact that, um, you know, you came out of college and you went to work for obviously some pretty major brands, right? Yes. Sir. So uh, Procter and Gamble, AT&T, NCR um, and, and Michelin. And to have that experience that when you first came in, that your father saw that as an opportunity because you had experience in these major brands. But it also speaks to volumes of your father to take his his baby, right, that yep. he named mm-hmm. and change it. So there had to be some moments there of, of interesting conversation about uh, switching that name. Um, there was, and, and, and this particular opportunity um, allowed us to do both. So, you know, when you buy a franchise, many times you're, you're buying the brand, at least in our industry, in the real estate industry. Um, you're, you're, you're independently operated, so you're allowed to have both names on the company. And then that was a lot of names, and we would traditionally just go by Cole Banker Commercial. But this allowed us to be Cole Banker Commercial Atlantic International. So he got to keep what he wanted and I get to get what I wanted. Yeah. And and so, you know, but the point was is, you know, Cole Banker had been around since nineteen oh six. So it had the 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 number one recognized brand in real estate. And I felt that that was going to be very important in a small market dealing with other entrepreneurs and small businesses that, you know, again, when I handed them my car, there was never a question of of what I did, where I worked, and what my profession was. And now, that was the big intimus uh, from behind. Now, one of the the areas that my esteemed colleague, who's not here today, of course, Leslie would love to bring up, usually, is uh, we talk about you know, entrepreneurship and success, and but there's always these moments of challenges and turbulence and even bad decision-making at times, right? And we'd love to talk about that on the show because it's real life. And as an entrepreneur myself, we all know we go through these ups and downs. That's the reality of business, right? And so 2007, obviously, with your father passing, mm-hmm. is a monumental uh, moment in the evolution of your organization. And that's followed up by 2008, as we all know, the biggest real estate crisis in the history of our country. And so talk about these two years and how this impact, it really impacted the overall uh, livelihood of your organization. Um, well, again, it was it was a combination of, of things. Not only are you, are, are you losing your leader, but, you know, he died of, of colon cancer. So it's not like it was a sudden death. It was a it, it strung out through the whole two years of his diagnosis into when he finally passed away. Um, and so 
you know, there was the loss of all of that income, loss of that leadership, you know, and a real estate organization is is different than a regular company. It's not all employees. It's all independent contractors. So, you know, people could be here and, 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 and jump shit tomorrow. And uh, I'm very proud of the people that, that we didn't lose a single agent during that transition. Um, and I think that, you know, I appreciated that from all of my uh, work associates that they still felt that, you know, we still had a leadership plan moving forward. They were happy with with the direction that we were still going in, even without him. But um, so there was leadership loss, but then there was also the income loss, you know, and, and so, sure, I'm, I, you he know, was he, your best producer. He was our number one producer yeah, I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. And, and so, you know. Um, that was hard. And so we had to make up that because you still have the same amount of overhead. But, you know, when the bank stopped lending money, I mean, you stopped doing business like that. And so, you know, we really had to regroup. We had to tighten ship. We had to become more creative. Um, you know, we had to find ways to, to make income going into that recession. And it was, you know, I mean, it was nothing. Um, so but, I'm going to ask, if you don't mind, I'm going to dive a little deeper. Yeah. And I know it's personal. If we get in there, you don't want to talk yeah. about that's fine. No, but fine. Uh, this is something that uh, we try to bring up from time to time on this show. Uh, and particularly in my profession, this is part of what I do uh, to help business owners, and that is to plan for the unexpected, to have contingency plans, to have buy-sell agreements, to have mm-hmm. funding arrangements. Uh, did you guys have any kind of situation set up that there was continuity built in? Well, once my father was diagnosed, we decided that we were going to open up some of the ownership to some of the of the senior agents. And so, yes, okay. there there was that. So we you had that time opportunity. We had to that build time, that in. yeah, to, just in case. Um, but you know, still the majority of the company um, was left after he died to my stepmother. Now she helped build the company. They worked together from from the first day of the company all the way through. So um, she was very experienced and knowledgeable. But at that point in time, without my dad there, she didn't want to, she didn't, you know, sure, want to. The she, passion and and she still had there, grieving. Yeah, I mean, she right. still had a lot of grieving to do. Um, and so, you know, but there was that difficult transition of buying the business from a family member, you know, and, and, you know, there's negotiation at a time when you sure. don't want to be we'll negotiating. Do <laughs> well, this is where we talk about it too, in a properly, you know, structured buy-sell agreement to also have it funded. And typically, folks would come in, uh, and, and again, I think there's a lot of business in town haven't done this step, but this is where the, the value of life insurance in play, right? To have a, a policy in play that helps fund that so that you could buy her out, and there's continuity. It, there, so is, funding piece. there is. There um, is. The, the difficult part is, is the valuation piece. Yeah. Um, the funding can be done over time, but you know the way that, that these type of real estate companies you know, are bought and sold, as many of them are, you you place the value on current, you know, yeah, on past experience, kind of intangible. Right? So you know you're taking the last three years of, of of income and saying that's the value today. Well, I'm looking at 2008 and right nine, the corner, yeah. and I'm saying, well, that value is all based on my father being yeah. here. <laughs> no, that's true. But that's what was in the operating There's agreement. So fair, the right? operating agreement states this is how we value it. But you're looking at it going, well. I don't have the same circumstances as when this operating agreement was done. I don't have the number one producer here. I'm going into the biggest recession. So paying on that value, you know, is, is difficult because the reality is it could, all the agents could have left and there could have been nothing to buy. And so, you know, that was a tough time just working through that and trying to operate your business, you know, uh, was, was difficult, but everybody, you know, kind of hung together. I mean, there was, there was a lot of love in going through that process. Well, uh, I think your story for our entrepreneurs listening this yeah. morning, uh, lends a lot of credibility to multiple things. The fact that again, you had a close knit family environment there 
which you said, a lot of love that carries you through. But then at the same time, making sure there's planning, right? Making sure you're working with your advisory team to build in you know, your, your attorneys to get your agreements done and to make sure it's funded and do all those things. Uh, you're giving a great testament to those listening this morning. We're all busy. We're running hard. We're running our businesses. But we can't neglect to take the time to shore that up. Yeah. And, and my father had the foresight of trying to figure that out, you know, while he was going through his cancer treatments to create a situation to limit the conflict as much as possible. Gotcha. Uh, and by the way, uh, we've been sitting here talking and going on and people probably wonder who the heck are we talking to in case they just jumped into the conversation. And that is Mr. Brent Case, who, again, is the president of Caldwell Banker uh, Commercial Atlantic in Charleston. And mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, the, the wonderful era now of 2008 and mm-hmm. the, the economic crisis, particularly hit the real estate industry so hard. So as you all came out of 2008, you've been through a lot. Um Talk about what was maybe a lesson or two that you learned and how you survived it. Well, there's there's differences between the lessons I learned and how I survived it. So surviving it was, was not only financial but emotional. You know, losing your father, losing somebody you've worked with for, that's hard for me to talk about it. But nevertheless, there's an emotional component to, to having the confidence to move this forward and not just saying, hey, I'm just going to go. And people relied on you to do that. That's right. right. There was jobs and things like that. That was the year I met my wife. And so, you know, I want to say my dad was good at poker. And when I met my wife, she was, her father had died too. So I always kid that I won her. My dad sent me her (laughs) from heaven because he won her in a poker game. And I was, you know, that's what he won. And so he sent her to me. So going through that time emotionally was, was having her there with me was was helped give me the confidence to continue to move forward and and keep the direction and gave you reason to keep the legacy going and build the foundation um and so with that inspiration and confidence and and emotional support you're able to refocus on okay you know we're going to make this happen and 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 then you just work hard after that you know realize that the changes in the industry realize where you're you know where the new opportunity is going to come, you know, with every recession that becomes new opportunities and every new, you know, there's lots of new millionaires that come out of each recession. And so, you know, learning from that, it gives you the confidence to bear down and go, you know, listen, people still need fundamentals of real estate. Although the prices have dropped, the needs haven't changed and um, we're, we're consultants. And so it is, it just makes you kind of refocus on your core competencies. And then we go from 2009 to today, which has been an amazing right, stretch and run, particularly in the last few years, and particularly here in Charleston. So uh, kind of give us an idea of as the market has swung and the economy takes off and Charleston takes off, uh, and I'm assuming as you all grow and scale uh, as a leader of that organization, how do you adapt to now a whole different environment? Well, you know, the, the, the big switch for us here locally was, was Boeing. Um, and not that they, they had a huge shot in the arm with, with changing the real estate market, but what they did is they created hope in our city versus other cities. And, and, and there's that ripple effect of hope. Um, and, and it went from the banking industry to just the everyday, hey, I'm willing to open up a new business. I'm willing to grow my business. I'm willing to do these things because the hope of the economy moving forward. And so really from 2010, you know, our market where the other markets, you know, we, we turned the track and started heading and getting out of the recession a little earlier. And a big part of that was because of hope. Now, 
from that point on, you know, it's been slow and, and steady growth. And now we're dealing, you know, with the, the economics of, of, you know, a hot market. And so, you know, we like to say, and this has been going on now, you know, there's a lot of demand, but, you know, we're short on supply. supply. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we have a second set of, of problems now that we've eaten that up of, of, you know, 20, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, you know, and now from 17, 18, 19, you know, we're starting to deal with a different set of issues, even though the economy is still doing very well. Amazing that it keeps twisting and turning, right? We yeah. have to continuously adapt as entrepreneurs and leaders. Yeah. Uh, so I know in addition to certainly running your organization, um, you also have um, affiliations within the community. You've done a lot in the community. I think you went through Leadership Charleston at one point. If I remember. In 1996, I think, yeah. Right, so was... I think I went through the year after you. It was in 97. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know you've been involved a lot with um, the, the Metro Chamber of Commerce. Sure. And um, certainly industry organizations. And then also along the way, I think in your affiliation with the uh, Metro Chamber of Commerce came along your involvement with the North Charleston Business Expo. And great timing for us to have a show, by the way, because it's coming up on March 22nd. So uh, let's take an opportunity to talk a little bit about how that evolved and what that means to the community. Um, Well, you know, I want to keep this positive. Um, We were on the original committees, um, myself, Steve Fields, a number of others, Chris Dobbs. There was a bunch of us that were on the original planning committees for the business expos when the Chamber Metro were in charge of them. And um, during their session, they fought off and we wanted to try to to gear it back up. Um, And leadership at the time tried it and, and, you know, they didn't feel like it was the best use of their resources. However, those of us that were dealing with small business, especially business to business sales, small business to business sales, which is, you know, kind of what we do, um, we felt that there was a need and, and going to many other trade organization, you know, showcases and, and conventions and things like that. We felt that there was a need and opportunity for other small businesses to be able to come out and network. You know, they they don't get that opportunity going to a chamber, a regular chamber event to, to show their wares. And um, we felt that the community benefited from this in the early 2000s. And there was no reason they couldn't benefit for it again. So I was looking for a home. I mean, Mount Pleasant did one. And so, you know, which sold out every year and felt like this this needs to come back. And there's a way of doing it. And fortunately, I, I pitched the idea to the city of North Charleston, who, again, you know, big part of the of the expense of the of the expo was the rent. And since North Charleston owned the Coliseum. You know, they could help put it on without paying any rent. So we were able to drastically reduce the budget. And uh, I pitched it to them and uh, got a very good reception. They thought that they could do it well. North Charleston is where the the center of the business community is. Uh, As much as downtown's wonderful and great, really the central business district and, and most of the employment base is in the city of North Charleston. And they felt like, hey, this is a good way for us to get small business and big business together at one place at one time and try to facilitate some networking. So give us a feel for, since it's coming up again uh, in, what is that, 12 days or so from now, What uh, what's the vibe? What's it about? Who should come? Who should participate? Well, you know, I, I like to say anybody that just makes wants to make one deal, you know, it, it's free. Um, it's inexpensive to be to, to, to be part of the exposition and to, to have a booth is very cheap compared to other trade shows. Um, but it's it's free, informational and fun. I mean, you know, it starts off with the business journal and, and, the, and the mayor's giving this, you know, open debate with the mayors and, and the luncheon. And then from there, you roll into, you know, 200 different exhibitors that are, you know, from large banks and to 
um, all the min- different municipalities, all the purchasers and buyers from municipalities. So if you're, you know, if you have a small business and you sell widgets and you want to call in Charleston County and you want the county to an opportunity to bid, but you don't know who to call or talk to, this is to, a great chance, to a great chance for you to make a connection. Right. So, and then, uh, and then we have, you know, free food and, and beer at the end of the, at the end of the afternoon. So there's nothing it's, else. No, free food I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's lots of swag. People give away, you know, cool marketing stuff and, you know, it's, it's an efficient way to do some networking um, in a very short, cheap little time. So there's a and, lot of fun. And to if be somebody's having. interested in, in either attending or they want to have a booth, how do they get information on this? Um, they would go to, you can go to the city of North Charleston's website and, and there's a link. Uh, there's That's also the North Charleston expo.com. You can go to North Charleston expo.com or you can go to the city of North Charleston website and they'll also have a link that can send you to it. Gotcha. So okay. you can win. But if you Google it, North Charleston business expo, um, you'll be able to get in and, and it's again, free. This is on March 22nd from one to 5 PM. Yeah. Free parking, free entry. You know, it, it again, it's an efficient way to, to have a little fun and do some networking. And it's at the Charleston Area Convention Center, correct? That's correct. Exciting. In the main well, hall. We're glad to have those opportunities. We appreciate you because I know that's something you do on the side. You put a lot of time and energy, you and the other folks. So thank you all for um, putting the mustard in that and making it happen. That's great for our community. Um, so back to your business. And, and here we are in Charleston. You mentioned, you know, the boom and the, and the new um sort of um, interesting but yet challenging opportunities that presents as well when you think to the future of charleston and where we're going from here volvo coming in and obviously uh, just continuous growth what do you think uh, are some of the concerns or challenges as a community we face going forward well you know growth obviously how you're handling you know the exponential growth um you know we're growing at, at a rate similar to even some of the other cities. Everybody thinks that because we're in Charleston, we're growing bigger than everybody else. I mean, Charlotte's growing, Atlanta's growing. All the sun states, you know, in in the metropolitan areas are all growing, you know, at a similar rate. Um, What makes us a little unique is is the boundaries. You know, we're only half a city because we're on the ocean and we've got these four rivers. And so, you know, dealing with that, um, you know, is a big part of our everyday life. Um, but what people are missing is that it's not just growth from the outside of the areas. It's, it's organic growth. I mean, I've got two children. You know, I need places. You know, I want those two kids to be able to stay in Charleston. They need housing. They're going to add two cars right. to the transportation. So, you know, you know, Charleston's a young city. And and with that becomes families. And so, you know, the way our school systems, there's lots of different ways that go into handling this growth beyond just stopping it because you can't because people are still having kids. And so, you know, I think there just needs to be more of an openness dialogue on, you know, how are we doing our roads? How are we able to get 526? How are we working with, you know, moving the school systems? There's a big difference in, in traffic when school's in and school's out. So it's not just because you put a Walmart down the street. It's because everybody's taking their kids to school at the same time and they're all coming home at the same time so you know being more open-minded about those issues versus just anti-growth i think is going to help us and as an entrepreneur and a leader in the community um what um challenges and thoughts do you have in leading your organization as we go forward obviously everybody loves the fact that there's more business and more people but again it does bring some challenges well yeah i mean we deal with space and and so you know we have to look at the trends for multifamily housing single family housing we work with track builders we work with multifamily developers we work with office developers retail developers so we're constantly keeping track of 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 construction costs and inflation rates um and we have some issues you know that that are 
making growth a little harder. You know, if you're trying to uh, get labor, you know, you see that in the paper as well. You know, labor is difficult for restaurants right now. It's difficult for construction crews. And so, you know, the, the economy now we're in an inflationary period. Uh, interest rates are rising with banks. So we're seeing inflation happen. And, and how is that going to balance itself out? And uh, our organization is trying to keep in, you know, in tune with those trends and how it's going to affect our clients and how it's going to affect people in space. Gotcha. And so we really focus on that to make sure that we're able to give good advice to our clients. Well, good information. And as we're winding down our show today, Brent, uh, again, I'm going to steal some of Leslie's thunder since she's not here today. We normally do a, a little lightning round. Uh, she does much better at this, by the way, than I do. So, um, well, you're doing great. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm getting tired of talking so much. Um, so in the lightning round, it's just a couple quick thoughts uh, that we share with you or questions, and it's just really the first thought that comes to your mind. So um, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So if you go back in your life, who would be the biggest influence in your life? Um, well, that would be my dad, without a doubt. Figured you would say yeah. that one. Um, Nothing against my mom. Love my mom. Love my <laughs> Good aunt. Good Appreciate yeah. that. Nice recovery. <laughs> she's, she's still going to be here listening. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. Um, <laughs> what accomplishment, person, or thing are you most proud of in your life? Um, my wife and kids, without a doubt. Great answer. Well, you're getting everybody in there. Everybody's yeah. going to be happy with you, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. Today, well, you so. know, anybody that is a parent knows how hard that is. And so... Uh, how about something that's on your bucket list that you have not accomplished yet? I'm going to go to all the continents. Uh, you know, I might skip at least six of them. Okay. I might skip Antarctica, but my bucket list is uh, I love to travel. You know, I was an international major we talked about. Yeah. I spent, I went to school and studied abroad in Europe while I was at Xavier. And that was a, a big influence on, you know, my perspective on life was, was traveling and seeing how other people live and operate. So, um, you know, I want to see all the other six continents. And by the way, I wouldn't skip Antarctica. I've actually had a buddy. He just got back. It's his third trip. And, and I, I'm dying to go now, but loved it. It's an experience of a lifetime, so add that one on there. Okay. you got to do it the right way, Well, with global warming, it should be a little easier. It's very (laughs) interesting. So, uh, And then maybe something about you, uh, whether it's a quirk or an experience in your life, something that's happened, something you do, that uh, maybe even most people in your office don't know, that you can share on the radio. Let me put that disclaimer in there. Um, I rock when I'm thinking. There you go. Man, you know, I, mean, I, I didn't know if you I, meant I, like with a guitar. No, or the no, country, right? you know, no. I you literally rock, rock back and forth. Uh, that's that's. Okay. I don't know if it's a nervous tick or whatever, but you, you know, the, the, they I'm pretty usually, sure people in your office probably know. That they know them, it, so. but, but you know, but they may not know why. I mean, I if, if I'm if I'm doing that, you know, I'm focusing on something. So rock and roll. That's Brent right. Case, uh, thank you again for your time. Again, President at Caldwell Banker, Commercial Atlantic, here in Charleston. We appreciate your story today, and we appreciate our loyal listener. Again, tune in the dial every Saturday morning from 730 to 8 here on WSC. And we'll look forward to having you back uh, again next Saturday morning. And until then, Charleston, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.